Hi, this is Dr. Valerie Small, and this is the fourth podcast uh, that we are recording with licensed psychotherapist Bonnie Harrison, and today we have a guest speaker with us. Uh, he tunes in, he listens to not only the podcast, but he also watched the episodes that we're doing on marriage and the family. He is going to share with us his take on uh, the crack door. Yeah, hi. Good evening, everyone. Um, I do believe that in relationships, especially when you're married and if you are cheating or on your spouse, I think you have no self-respect for yourself. Knowing that... Um, your spouse is working 12-hour shifts and knowing that they don't even know that um, you are out there doing something and, and dangling or going out there with other, other people and actually having sexual affairs, um, I think you are cheating yourself out of, 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 of a marriage. It's important that we um, focus together on respecting ourselves into longevity as far as into the future and having self-respect for yourself and the dignity that and the integrity that you uphold as a person to know that freely you could go to bed with your spouse knowing that you're not doing anything out there as far as cheating with somebody else. It makes me feel good as a person and individual and as a man to know that it makes me whole, that sex to me is not a big picture in my life. The intimacy means more than anything else. And to hold my marriage together, I feel fulfilled when my spouse comes home working 14 hours and I'm there knowing that I'm supporting our marriage and knowing that my conscience is free and I don't have to worry about going to bed knowing that he has to worry that I'm cheating or that person has to worry that, oh, what are they doing with their day, where they're at. I feel that spiritually anything could come back to you if you are dipping and dabbing here and there. I think that we need to really step back, look for counseling, speak to your psychotherapist, speak to your doctors. There's STDs and diseases. I am a 53-year-old man. I subconsciously cannot go to sleep when my spouse hold them intimately and say that I am 100% pure because if I'm cheating, I'm not 100% pure. Why do you think, though? Because that's a powerful, powerful revelation. And it also speaks to the way you value yourself, your spouse, and your relationship. Because there are three components. We, uh, Dr. Small and I talked about the fact that there's the individual and the other individual. And then there's the relationship. They all have their own life. Why do you think, particularly from a man's perspective, why do you think men cheat? Why do you think they, go through, they step through that crack door and get involved in other relationships when there's so much to lose based on what you say? Mm, that that's a very good question you point out. I mean, um, they th men think we don't. We, me as a man, I don't think I could get caught. So if I keep it and keep it a secret to myself, one thing I wouldn't do is share my secret with my friends. Mm -hmm. I only would share it with my physician, my doctor, and my psychotherapist because that's confidentiality. Mm -hmm. So with that, I mean. I, sex is something that once you get relieved, think about it. 
I mean, it's only a, a, a few. What's left of it? Are you mm-hmm. with that person for a long time? You're just getting a, a a sexual pleasure for five or ten minutes or a half an hour, and then you move on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, so why would people risk the relationship just for that? Because they think they could get away with it. You know, the more mm-hmm. it makes you feel oh, good okay. knowing that um, another person could probably. Um, give you that because you're missing it from your marriage. You're not getting it every single night. Most people say that sex is, uh, they need it 75% in their relationship. In my marriage, I think it's only 5%. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's not, to me, the intimacy and the longevity of us being together and growing old and building relationship and building those blocks to really, you know, Secure ourselves as elders means more than to me going out there cheating. Do you think this this is amazing to hear you say this? And I'm wondering if you think that your position and the way you behave is sort of generic to the average man or woman. Because what you're saying it can apply to women as well. But I love that it's coming from a male perspective. And I'm wondering if you think men generally think the way you do. Some men do. I think I think it, it takes age. I think once you get older and you realize that you have something good going, why waste it? You know, why throw it into the garbage and start with somebody else? Because you might not have what you had already before. If you want to start new with somebody that it was just a sex thing and you don't even know them. To me, I'd rather build on that person, on us intimate and making sure that intelligently we know that this is a commitment we both decided when we were younger to be together, mm-hmm. not the sex. And that's a conversation that too many relationships, you know, homosexual, heterosexual, whatever it is, mm-hmm. don't really have. They don't communicate and dialogue this. Wow. You know, once again, it's building your relationship long term. And actually, if you are having that problem sexually in a bit, then you must try different things for you to, you know, trigger it up or whatever it is you need to do with your relationship. Mm-hmm. I remember last week you talked about the grass looking greener That's on the right. other side, but she says sometimes it's astroturf. That's and right. It's astroturf. Wherever that, whatever that grass is, she says you still have to tend that long. That's exactly right. That is true. That is very true. I feel very confident mm-hmm. in my marriage to know that I have a clean conscience. Mm-hmm. My spirit is clean. I could go to bed clean. I don't have to worry about that sexual moment with anybody else, only with my spouse. And if we can't have it at that time, then you know what? We're going to live together for a very long time. It will happen. I think people put that focus on sex so much that I think spiritually, it's not about the sex. It's more about the intimacy and holding each other and knowing that we love each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it takes a long time and I'm going in my 10th year of my marriage mm-hmm. and I'm realizing how important it really is, even though there are men and women okay. that have tried it to really have sex with me out of my marriage. And I'm like, mm-hmm. hmm, that sounds good. You look good. But you know what? I need to take a step back Wow. and realize what I have and the power that I have. That's right. Okay. That's right. So, so it's more so for you. A commitment. It's more of a commitment. That is correct. Okay. That might be the key. Because if people don't have a commitment, then there's not a lot of glue to hold you together. It's commitment and communication. You have to communicate it as well. Mm -hmm. And you have to show by your actions 
that you're there. Now, if I was the type of spouse that I was never home, mm-hmm. then those triggers and red flag will go up. Mm-hmm. Do you okay. understand what I'm saying yeah. to you? Yes. You know, and then yes. they would not know. Now, my spouse knows that I'm with my friends. I, I have a, a, a group of a support group of friends that I'm there with all the time. Mm-hmm. I always answer my phones. I don't ever have to put my phone down to be like, oh, or say a little lie. Oh, I just had a flat tire. So that's why I didn't get home five mm-hmm. hours later. Okay. Those are little white lies I can make up, mm-hmm. but they will catch up with you. Wow. Yeah, wow. they do. And you, you know? seem, and you seem to be a very spiritual person because you said something in the beginning. You believe that things will catch up with you spiritually. Mm, yes, they do. Yes, they do. I truly believe that if you're doing something, you know, I always believe in people. Think about it. People that pass away, especially somebody close to you. Do you think they're looking at you? Do you think they're observing who you are? Do you think that they see what you're doing? Do you think that that person that just passed away cannot give any inclination to your spouse that you're cheating, there's one way that they could find out. I do believe in the dead. Mm -hmm. I do believe there's a way they could tap into the living Mm -hmm. and let you and give you clues and let you know and say, you know what, Bonnie? He's cheating. You might not know it. He's hiding it really good. (laughs) You know? And that scares me. So I try to I'm not perfect. I'm not saying that I'm 100% clean because I'm not. Okay. You know, I'm true to who I am as a person living as a man and a 53-year-old. Mm. And when you say not clean, I, I, what I'm hearing you say is that I have not always been in the space I'm in now. That is and correct. And there have been times in the past I might have or I have. But now my value system doesn't allow me to behave that way. You said it best. That's absolutely correct. Wow. Thank you wow. so much. You're quite Thank you so, so much. Excellent. Thank you. And you watch our show. Yes. And you find value in what we share. Oh, absolutely. I think Thank this needs to be so shared much. to our youth. I think even with our elders that are out there it's cheating so and mm-hmm. doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then they come back and they get an STD and they're wondering well, how they got this. And they're like, I don't know. You know how you got this. Mm-hmm. You and just don't. On you. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. They just don't want to talk about it because now they're nervous. You know, wow. I can't risk what I have. So what I'm going to do is really live in speciality and really commit to myself that um, I'll live a clean and spiritual, and knowing that I can communicate with my spouse and making sure that there's a long road that in front of us. Oh, wow. Do you think he would be willing to come back? I think he should come back because he has a lot of insight. He has a lot of integrity from a male perspective. And then he's very authentic. So I would welcome him back anytime, Bonnie. Anytime. Absolutely. Absolutely. Visit us again. Absolutely. I mean, it's been a pleasure really watching Mm -hmm. your episodes. And this has been one that just listening to it. I think that you need more male and females and younger generations to really come out and speak about how they value their sexuality and Mm -hmm. how they really value themselves as far as respect, integrity, and and speciality. I think it's very important. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we greatly appreciate you. The value. I got value. Out of what you shared. Oh, thank exactly. you. I know the audience did. And, I hope and I so. I do this work all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's not common to mm-hmm. have a man That's who will right. come forth 
from an audience out there in, in digital land. That's right. Get in touch with us mm-hmm. and say, I have something to share with you about your podcast. I have something to share with you about your programming. Yes. I have something that I'd like to say. And then it's such a value. Thank you so much. Thank you. Greatly appreciate it. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. Until the next podcast, we will check in with you later. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. Is that okay? <laughs> I never want to play them together. Let's see. I hope we were close enough. Hi, I'm Dr. Valerie Small, and thank you once again for tuning in to our podcast. I have with me here today licensed psychotherapist Bonnie Harrison, and today we're going to continue our discussion uh, on marriage and the family, but specific segment, the specific segment today, we're going to be highlighting uh, counseling and why some individuals believe or feel that it's not necessary to go to counseling and then why others do find it necessary to go to counseling. So, Bonnie, um, why do you think that quite often we have people that believe it's not necessary for them to go to counseling? Well, I think counseling, just like relationships, Mm -hmm. People go into counseling for various reasons, mm-hmm. the same as they go into relationships for various reasons. People don't get into relationships. Some people just don't want to be in a relationship for various reasons. And some people don't want to get involved in counseling for various reasons. Okay. Relationships and avoiding getting into relationships, I think, is a little bit different Okay. than counseling mm-hmm. when people don't want to or don't see the value in I will avoid counseling um, number one I think the average person would say well first of all they think that counseling means that there's something wrong with you or you're crazy okay yes. and that is a very common um, stigma mis- misbelief misbelief okay among a lot of ethnic groups a lot of cultural groups mm-hmm. um, some people think particularly people that have a deep uh, rooted experience in religion, for example, in religious belief systems. Okay. A lot of those individuals don't believe counseling is necessary because they think that God is all the only answer that they need. Wow. Okay. And uh, if you take it to God and you're earnest, then God will answer all your prayers. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying that's not true, but I also believe that it's true that prayer without works is dead. Okay. So my question then becomes one of if God is all-knowing, omnipotent, and omnipresent, that means that God is everywhere all the time Uh and knows everything. Why would God create the field of medicine? Okay. Why would God create and give certain individuals the skill to become doctors? Okay. To become healers at various levels? if it was not to be used for the purpose of supporting God's children. Mm, okay. So I think that to believe uh, from one perspective that God is all we need, mm-hmm. I think that's that's true. But, it, uh, for example, food is all we need to survive. Mm. But you can eat certain food and you won't last very long. That's true. Or you can avoid eating certain foods and it can improve the quality of your life. Okay. So avoiding um, counseling can not necessarily hurt mm-hmm. 
when the individual is doing other things, engaging in other interventions that okay. can produce a similar result. Wow. Okay. Um, there's also for, and I'll just be honest with you, I, I, I'm, I've been black longer than I've been anything else. Okay. I've been a black African-American <laughs> woman. And so okay. I'm pretty um, well-versed mm-hmm. in my history. Okay. And when I look at the history of historical harm, which is primarily centered around slavery for us. Yes, yes. Not necessarily starting with the Atlantic slave trade. Mm, okay. Um, slavery started for us way before the Atlantic slave trade. It did. But just talking about slavery and the black African-American experience here in the U.S. Yes. is different from the um, African experiences in other countries. Yes. Um, there is such a great amount of shame mm. attached to that experience. Yes. There's so much rage uh, attached to that experience that some people believe, number one, that there um, is something wrong with them. Okay. Um, therefore, I don't want people to know mm. that I need or I'm involved in counseling because it means something is wrong with me. Typically, in our community, it means you're crazy. Yes, okay. And my contention is for some people, you will go crazy if you don't get the help. That's exact. I agree. Some I agree, people, um, We have a tremendous amount of, of substance abuse and drug addiction mm-hmm. and dependency in our communities. Yes. And very often, more often than not, my experience as a licensed psychotherapist and as a certified alcoholism and substance abuse counselor mm-hmm. is that more often than not, people are doing self-medication and self-treating mental illness mm-hmm. by engaging in drug-using behaviors. The abuse, Which okay. is different from experimentation. Okay. Every society, every society um, has youth mm-hmm. that experiment with everything. That's right. That's including true. drugs. Mm-hmm. Experimentation is not the problem. Dependency, continued use will lead to dependency. Wow. And uh, we say addiction. Mm-hmm. And that means that if the reason you, if in, during the process of experimentation, mm-hmm. you discover that you get relief in certain areas, you feel better, mm-hmm. then the brain is wired to go toward more and more pleasure. Okay. And more pleasurable things. Mm-hmm. So why would you stop doing something that causes you to feel so good um, if it also is taking care of voices that you hear in your head or these sad feelings that you feel all the time mm-hmm. uh, prevents you from having conversations and interacting with people okay. because the drug can make you very gregarious depending upon what it is and very active depending upon what it is. Right. And it can s- slow down voices and get rid of voices. So people self-medicate. Uh, for a lot of psycho-emotional reasons, okay. and then they find themselves totally dependent, dependent on a substance that's not their friend. Wow, wow. Um, and, 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 and Bonnie, in addition to all that, then they're taking all of that into relationships. Well, a lot of times people are addicted to substances, dependent on substances, and they have maintained that secret for years because they are highly functional. Some substances will allow you to be functional. Okay. Um, And so it's not easy to spot and identify someone that is addicted. 
So a lot of people get into relationships with people that are addicted and they don't know it. Wow. Some people get into relationships and they have no experience at all with drugs and find themselves, as a result of these relationships, addicted. Mm. Um, But the point I'm, I'm trying to make is that when we have these wounds, okay. when we have these unacknowledged uh, pains and grief and yes. losses, okay. um, this shame, all yes. of these unacknowledged things, mm-hmm. and we don't get help in mm-hmm. sorting it out, Yes, we set ourselves up to, number one, be taken advantage of by other people. Wow. Wow. Because they can clearly see what's going on, and we might be totally oblivious to what's going on with Mm, us. mm, mm. But secondly, we set ourselves up to um, end up with the problem being magnified. Okay. Because the longer it's not addressed, the more ingrained it becomes. And the more ingrained it becomes, the older we become, and Mm. the harder it is. To make to bring about change. Wow. So 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 uh, wait before you go any further, Barney, because you are saying so much that is um, this is a loaded conversation once again. Uh, and um, you, I just want to back up for a moment. You saying wounds, wounds that were not healed, or wounds that um, that sometimes is as if you st- you pour more alcohol or fire into some of these wounds, or things happen that trigger something else and then the next thing you know it's because a wound that was not healed Mm -hmm. and this is where you're saying that the counseling if they go into the counseling the this might be this might come this could come up and come out exactly and 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 we know when it's appropriate to get some some counseling Mm -hmm. we all we have to do is look at our lives and see how well they're working and none of us are going to have a perfect score in every area of our life it doesn't mean that the, that you have to run out and get therapy, though. Okay. It doesn't mean that. Okay. Uh, if you have difficulty managing your life, if other people have difficulty negotiating life with you, those are clues. Wow. Okay. Um, and again, the the whole issue around what causes us to feel unsafe mm-hmm. and what causes us to feel shame, which is another form of not feeling safe. If you don't want to be exposed, mm-hmm. you're not going to feel safe exposing yourself. Right. Um, there's also the reality that in black African-American culture, there are not a lot of resources available to us when it comes to the various clinical practices. Okay. Uh, very often we've had to get help from uh, people that we consider our oppressors. Yes. Because there has been a history of oppression uh, brought upon us by certain groups. Okay. And um, so if your immediate avenue toward relief is to get therapy from someone that represents your oppressor, then the average person is not going to do that. Okay. And for okay. more reason, they're not going to want that person to know what their deepest, darkest secrets are. That's okay. So an answer to that, a remedy, is for more of us, mm-hmm. um, depending, it doesn't matter what the ethnocultural group is. Okay. We need more people like ourselves that are culturally competent in our work. Okay. To be available. Excellent. And we need to have systems in place Excellent. where these resources are made available. And therefore, there need to be various kinds of counseling approaches available 
for people to choose from because every approach is not going to work for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, every personality, just because you're licensed, it doesn't mean that you're effective or that you're even healthy. That's right. I okay. know licensed therapists that are very unhealthy. Okay. Okay. They really need some serious help themselves. themselves. Wow. But they, wow. The, the government says, uh, the licensing agency says that you answered the questions that needed to be answered as proof that you know the material. Mm. And that's what they are looking for in order to license you. Passing tests. Passing tests. And Some and, people are very good test takers. Okay. And sometimes the best therapists out there have never um, taken a test. Mm. I wow. never got a license. Right, right. But okay. sometimes people's life experiences, yes, when they have developed themselves, okay, can be as powerful. Okay. Um, but the danger, though, is in letting someone work with you around your issues, particularly unconscious issues, when they haven't done that work themselves. When they haven't done because the work themselves. Because they can't take you someplace they've not been. Excellent. And in my training, mm-hmm. I, 600 hours of individual and 600 hours of group counseling was required before they would relinquish my papers after I had done all my coursework. Wow. I still had to be involved in counseling in order for me to be qualified by them to practice to practice so yeah. so what you're saying Bonnie is that um, there's a couple of things that you just said you said that uh, people should seek out different types of the healing process and counseling because just because someone's licensed doesn't mean that that's the person for you because Absolutely. then we have personalities mm-hmm. uh, the other thing that you said especially in our communities the black community there's not a lot of resources available to us or people who are qualified that looks like us that we can identify with that can actually, uh, we can sit down and have these conversations with for the healing process. But there's uh, something else that you had mentioned earlier in the segment, in the episode that we did for the week uh, on Thursday. You had brought in um, spirituality and uh, religion and just because someone is what under whatever faith they follow does not always necessarily mean that maybe that pastor, that minister is also qualified as well. And we made it clear that we're not knocking any type of religious, um, any type of religion, excuse me, or um, any methods at all. But what we're saying is that, or what you were saying is that just because you go to this particular church doesn't mean that that pastor or minister is even qualified as well. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. Because it won't matter what your faith mm-hmm. or your religious practices. There are certain skill sets okay. that must be in place okay. in order for you to be a helper mm-hmm. that can guide people in such a way that they're able to tap into their own strengths. Okay. And out of that, come up with self-discovery and behavioral change. Excellent. In order for behavior to change, it means there has to be a change on the uh, cognitive and affective level. Wow. And in order to have change cognitively and affectively, there are certain things that have to happen. Mm -hmm. And everyone's not aware of or trained to get you there. 
Mm, okay. Some people, I've known people that have been in therapy for years and years, and they're still doing basically the same thing they did before. Wow, wow. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you, Bonnie, um, as we come to a close with this uh, segment, okay, what are some, what are two things that you would leave our listeners with, our audience with, as far as the importance of or the importance of and the necessity of actually getting counseling. If you had to leave them with two things, what would you probably say to them or leave them with? Uh, that's, that's a tall order. That's a tall order. So can we get one? Comes to mind mm -hmm. is um, answering certain questions for yourself and asking yourself, do you believe, or personalizing, I said, do I believe that I am... A child of God. Mm, wow. Since I am a child of God, do I believe that I have unlimited potential? Excellent. And the next piece is, am I living up to my full potential? Am I actually performing as the best person I can be? And if the answer is no to any of those questions, then you can look, begin to look at where you can start to work on yourself. Mm. to such an extent that you can move closer and closer to being the person that you potentially can be. Wow. Because I hear people all the time say, God didn't make no junk. Well, then why are you acting as though you are just junk? Why are you tolerating this as though you're just junk? Wow. Why is it that you have all this potential that you're not living up to and realizing? Mm -hmm. you know, who are you punishing? Why are you so angry with God? Wow. Because wow. you're a reflection and a, a part of who God is. And if God deserves the best, then so should you. Excellent. And that's what I have to say. That's it. That's all with that. That's it. That's all. And I want to say thank you once again, Bonnie Harrison, our expert psychotherapist. Again, dropping nuggets and giving us tips and tools as to what she believes is um, necessary and what she believes will assist us in healing ourselves, ourselves. So I'm Dr. Valerie Small, once again, with Life Strategist, with a little bit of small advice, making things happen. And again, remember to watch our episodes on Facebook, YouTube, and other social media forums. Have a great day. Hi, I'm Dr. Valerie Small, and I'm here once again with uh, our licensed psychotherapist, expert Bonnie Harrison. And today we are going to uh, talk about, Bonnie's going to share with us today, the spiritual component that she believes exists in relationships. So Bonnie, you believe that within all relationships, there's a spiritual component. Now, we're not talking about religion. Uh, we're talking about a spiritual component. Uh, would you expand on that and explain to us, explain to our listeners why you believe that there really is a spiritual component, spiritual connection in all relationships? Well, I, first of all, start out by clarifying the fact that I believe um, Religion has to do with secularism. It has to do with um, a particular belief system okay. that is um, 
similar or dissimilar to others mm. because of the secular nature of it. Okay. Spirituality, I look at as something that embodies universal principles. Okay. Um, for example, in any religion, basically, uh -huh. there's the concept of um, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Mm-hmm, okay. There's uh, a belief that uh, honor thy mother and thy father so that the days shall be long uh, from the land that the Lord thy God giveth thee. Mm -hmm. That is a Christian statement, but the behavior and the belief can be viewed throughout all the religions that I've been familiar with, and I'm, I'm limited, believe me. Okay, okay. But... Um, there's no group of people yet that I've met that um, even in the Bible it talks about an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Mm -hmm. Well, there are um, belief systems that go beyond that. Okay. That um, don't believe that we have to be reactive and just because someone does something to us, we have to do something equally. To them. Okay. So there are universal principles that are designed to bring about and maintain harmony mm -hmm. in the universe. Okay. So if, and there are, and you know this to be a truth, that we can look at all the various religious belief systems that we know, mm -hmm. and there's not one that has not been fraught with disharmony. Mm. And okay. reasons to enslave people, and reasons to kill people, and you have the Christian wars and all of these things. Mm -hmm. uh, and Christians weren't the only ones that were killing and enslaving people. Okay. But the point I'm making is that that's secular and that has to do with Christianity. Again, not to disparage Christianity. Right. Because all Christians don't think alike mm -hmm. and don't behave the same, even though they adhere to the same doctrine. Yes. But some Christians interpret that doctrine differently. Okay. Therefore, they behave differently. Mm -hmm. But in a spiritual belief system, there mm -hmm. are certain principles that are just universal. Okay. And uh, it allows for individuals to treat each other in, with love and lovingly. Okay. Doesn't mean that they're not Christian doctrine mm -hmm. that don't espouse the same thing. Right. But... Um, when it comes to relationships, yes, I talk about uh, certain cultures of people that have built into that culture the belief that we all come here as spirit. Mm -hmm. Okay, different from the Holy Spirit. Mm. Okay, in Christianity, for example, we talk about the Holy Spirit. Yes, which is a spirit that's connected to God. Okay, that we have access to and is entwined in who we are, I believe. Okay. But when we talk about spirit from, a, from an indigenous perspective, we're talking about energy. Okay. We believe that energy is mm. something that cannot be created nor destroyed. Yes. Therefore, if someone is born, uh, we know, those of us that have this belief system, they've been here before. Yes. And a lot of religious belief systems, they don't believe in reincarnation, mm -hmm. which is kind of hard for me to understand if they believe that Jesus came back and rose from the dead. Okay. Okay. <laughs> However, um, okay. I'm not a biblical scholar, so I can't really uh, get into too much conversation about that. Okay. But some things I read just are congruous or incongruous to me. Mm -hmm. And so to not believe that um, we can be 
reborn okay uh, is incongruous to me okay. if we believe as Christians as some people are that Jesus died and was reborn he died for, for our sins but he came he rose he not only was he reborn he rose from the dead and wasn't even there when his when his mother came to look for him and to wash his feet okay so um when you think about the fact that in these indigenous African, for example, cultures, because there are other indigenous cultures that believe the same thing. Yes. But that we come here with a job to do. Okay. Um, our creator, because we're part of a whole, everybody has something to do to keep the whole Wow. Home. Okay, and I, I like mean, that. H O L E, not H O L Y. Okay, but W H O L Y. I like Holy. that. Mm -hmm. I like that, Bonnie. And so, if everyone plays their part, there's balance maintained mm -hmm. in the universe. Okay. So, if I have a job to do, let's say I do believe that the job I came here to do was to teach, mm -hmm. to facilitate healing through teaching. Okay. Uh, and I've learned various ways to teach people okay um and i need to um support someone else whose job is to learn that their job is to be a part of a healing process okay and that can't be done without them teaching and living by example is one of the best ways to teach. Wow. So it would make sense to me that mm -hmm. that person and the person whose job is to become a teacher would be attracted to each other one way or the other. By, by natural uh, attraction or because the community has decided the two of you need to marry. Okay. Because the two of you bring something to the table that we need to survive as a group. Mm, okay. And it's not about you. Right. It's about the survival of the group. Of the group. Which is unlike Western ideology, which is about individualism. Yes. So you do this because it pleases you, or you don't do it if it doesn't please you. And I'm not saying that I'm uh, not happy about being born in a society right. that allows me, the, and I'll put this quote, freedom, end quote, to be who I am, whoever I'm discovering that is. Okay. I, I'm still discovering who, who I, I am. am. That's right. You're still evolving. You're still evolving. Oh, okay. Uh, this is an example of Okay. This wasn't planned. This is a phone is doing what it wants to do, the way it wants to do, when it wants to do, because you can't think of everything. Okay. So you couldn't think of making sure that the phone is off. Right. But right. it didn't. It didn't create any change in the flow of ideas. Yes. And that's life. There'll be unexpected things that will happen. Mm. And it doesn't have to change the flow. Okay. If you understand purpose and you're on purpose. We're on purpose. We're on purpose. We understand the purpose for this conversation. Excellent. So that phone ring didn't stop anything. Mm -hmm. And so spiritual, the spiritual nature of a relationship means that okay. all these things can come into play. Mm -hmm. Unexpected things. Mm -hmm. Things that you thought you planned so that they wouldn't happen but 
things happen that you have absolutely no control over. Okay. So if your relationship is built around spirituality, mm-hmm. you can typically withstand those unexpected bumps in the road. Wow. And you also are motivated to get past them because both of you are clear about why you're here and what you have to do, and it's bigger than you and the way you're feeling about things right now. Now, let me, now, Bonnie, you said something earlier. Um, Western culture, and we know this, uh, teaches the ideology of individualism quite often. So when it comes to, and we talked about spirituality, okay, and we know that the divorce rate is pretty high, all right? Uh, People are getting divorces, whether it's in the secular or, you know, in the world or whether it's in the church, we just know that the divorce rate is pretty high right about now, okay? Do you believe or could some of it be that uh as as we mentioned through some of the segments people not doing the work and also identifying that maybe we're missing what we're supposed to do spiritually there's not a spiritual connection or they they are supposed to be joined together to do some work in the earth but Because they do not identify that little spiritual aspect that that could be some of the challenges or problems. I think it's a combination of things. Mm -hmm. I don't think that anything is just black and white. There's always a gray and gradations of that. Okay. There's a spectrum. Okay. I think that we can associate with just about anything. Mm. And I believe that... um, People are motivated to stay or leave relationships for various reasons. Okay. And I do believe that you can be spiritually attracted to each other and know that the attraction is spiritual. Mm, I think you can be attracted to each other and not know that you manifested this relationship for spiritual reasons. Wow. I do believe that things that when we are in alignment with purpose uh-huh. then we manifest what that thing looks like uh-huh. if we are out of alignment then what we manifest is something that's not always pretty uh-huh. and it's okay. not always feel good okay it's not always healthy okay but whatever we end up with it believe it or not is a function of our Decision making. Okay. The decisions that we make, mm-hmm. which are different from choices. We'll talk about the differences of decisions and choices at another time. But decisions are basically um, things that happen when, when we compare one thing against another. So we decide to do this because it's better than that. Okay. This feels better than that. Okay. Or this will get me farther than that will. Mm. So I decide to do this. Okay. And since we have all these different reasons that we enter into relationships with individuals very often those decisions that we made Mm -hmm. are out of sync with purpose wow out of sync with purpose that's so the relationship doesn't work wow and people are not really that going to be that invested in making it work Mm -hmm. if you come from a society where looks and feelings and possessions and image motivate decisions around behavior. Okay. 
then we get married for those kinds of reasons. Mm -hmm. And the spirituality and the spiritual nature of the liaison or the connection is totally missed. Or not even, people are not even aware of it. Okay. So if I meet you and you turn me on sexually and you have um, long hair mm -hmm. and light eyes and for whatever reason I'm attracted to that, then I might marry you for, for those reasons. Okay. Now, when the eyes get faint and the body's no longer fabulous and the hair starts thinning uh -huh. and the bags get under the eyes and the jaw starts dropping and the neck starts creeping uh -oh. and you don't have money to go to the plastic surgeon uh, okay. and the person that, that married you married you for those reasons, there's no reason for them to stay with you uh. because you're no longer that individual you don't look like the person they were attracted to. Okay. Uh, you're different now. And they want what they were attracted to. So now they're off to a younger looking person, a more vivacious person. Okay. A person with more energy. Mm -hmm. And uh, then that person looks at them one day and says, uh-uh, you're too old. Okay. <laughs> you don't look like, and you can't do what I thought you could do. Right. So I'll stay with you because of the money. Okay. So all of these things go on in various relationships. Mm -hmm. And um, that also is the, the, the uh, understanding that through ancestral inheritance okay. that happens through our DNA, spirit mm -hmm. puts people together for okay. reasons. Okay. And sometimes something that happened three generations ago, the spirit of that ancestor mm -hmm. is still with you. Okay. And is protecting you okay or wants you to learn a lesson and will allow you to get involved with a certain kind of person okay to give you an opportunity to learn what you need to learn mm. and to do what you need to do to heal okay. and once you do that it also allows and frees up that ancestor to move on and to return to what we call an igbe to return to that ancestral village where the other ancestors sit with God mm -hmm. and are being constantly um, educated okay. and informed by God. That's why ancestors are so powerful mm -hmm. and we need to have a living communication with them because they are, they do have the ear of God. Mm -hmm. They are there. Okay. And they can then, through their relationship with us, if we open that pathway mm -hmm. and are not afraid and see it as voodoo and hocus pocus. Right. But no more than a normal conversation with this person that we love. Okay. Who physically is not here, but we understand spirit. Spiritually. So we spirit they are. Mm -hmm. And we wouldn't be able to remember them. Okay. Wow. Um, we then understand that some of what we go through, or all of it, is designed to teach us lessons. Wow. To let us have certain experiences. For example, if my lesson is to learn how to love myself, I might end up in a relationship that's very abusive. Okay. For the purpose wow. of me okay. experiencing that abuse and mm -hmm. deciding if I'm worth not having that experience or am I worth getting out of it. Wow. Or do I say to myself, well, I've got these children and I've got to feed these kids, mm -hmm. so I'm going to stay in this relationship because I want my kids to have to go to the best schools. and Yeah, but it's screwing up your kids' heads. It's teaching them the wrong things about relationships and yes. what their boundaries are. And then they grow up and start making the same kind of choices. And so this is what we call in some circles generational curse. 
A generational curse. You know, alcoholism, substance abuse, going back and forth to jail, having lots of children without the benefit of marriage. Yes. Generational curses. Wow. And that stuff happens because, in my theory, okay. our ancestors love us enough to want to get our attention okay so that we have an opportunity to heal what is wounded and broken okay that we've inherited from our previous experiences of enslavement mm -hmm. i know this is a lot to to digest yes it, it is body. a lot more information that i'm putting out there today right but this is also a course i teach it's also mm. retreats and workshops that yes. i run so if people are interested in learning more about ancestral inheritance and DNA and the yes. memories and the imprints and how that shows up in our relationships and our children and our families. Wow. And how we do or do not okay. unite to address issues that affect us all in our communities. Wow. I think it has a lot to do with our lack of knowledge about DNA and ancestral inheritance and spirit. And spirit. As well as spirituality. Yeah. Wow. Bonnie, again, this was a loaded segment. And what we're going to have to do is, um, and we've been talking about it, uh, hosting a workshop and a seminar and a weekend getaway, uh, which will probably be coming up sometime. We talked about it in October. And we need to, I think that is something that's really needed because from what we're hearing, a lot of people are in a place where there's wounds that need to be healed. They've been... Uh, broken hearts, and this just need a lot of healing that needs to take place. So I think that it would be um, excellent if we put something together. Well, I certainly have enough in my, in my can. Oh, as boy. They say. I've got lots and lots of material. Lots and lots. And I have several workshops that, that touch on and address what we're talking about. Okay. Uh, so I'd be happy to do that uh, with you because I, I love the work you do. And I love I the work love you the do. Work you do, and I love that we can work together as sisters. Exactly. Uh, wanting to support each other's work and the wellness of our community and our families. Exactly. And I just want to thank you for for this. It really is a blessing. It really is a, a blessing. It's a spiritual blessing. It really is, yeah. Bonnie, to work yeah. with you. Uh, but before we conclude, how can they contact you, and what materials do you have for our listeners right now? A way that they can contact you, reach out to you. Um, if they're interested in attending any of your workshops, seminars, uh, if they're even interested in you uh, coaching them as well. Well, I do coaching. I also run counseling groups, mm -hmm. and I do individual counseling using a telehealth model. Okay. So people can, I'm as close to you and as available as your telephone, mm. uh, as your computer. Okay. And um, as a matter of fact, I work with people with so-called disabilities. Okay. I think they're differently abled. Okay. People are abled differently. Okay. This kind of means uh, the, the removal and getting rid of. Mm, okay. And I don't think anyone is disabled. That's something we can all do. Yes. And I think there are things that some people can do that others can't do okay. well mm. at all. But um, because of that population, um, because of the fact that some people work at night, so in, in the day or whatever, mm -hmm. I make my services available to people via phone. Okay. And um, there are classes that I'll be promulgating some more information soon. Okay. There are classes that people can take with me over the internet. Excellent. Um, okay. And of course, there are the um, 
weekend retreats. Yes. And then they have the half-day workshops and seminars. Okay. Yeah. So, Bonnie, that, I mean, you're loaded. So. Well, all people have to do is to um, email me if they're interested at Bonnie. That's, this is all lowercase. Okay. It's B-O-N-N-I-E. NYC65 at yahoo.com. Okay. And then they can call me. I have no issue with people calling me. Okay. Uh, the number is 212-690-2965. And just let me know that Dr. Valerie Small referred you. Oh, And good. then I'll know exactly because I also, I get a lot of, calls and, and people wanting to engage themselves in various things I do and the truth of the matter is I do give preference to people that are referred by okay. uh, my colleagues and friends and family. Excellent. So for them to mention your name mm-hmm. would put them in a sense ahead of the list unless there's someone that's truly in crisis. Yes. I don't uh, put anyone before people that are in crisis. Excellent. But um, that's one way of, of really getting me to understand that uh, there's someone that I should consider okay. yes, ahead of some other groups of people. Wow. Well, Bonnie, I want to say thank you once again. This was another loaded segment. And uh, so far we've been doing well with our episodes on marriage and family and relationships, building healthy and whole relationships. And uh, we're soon to be coming up on a last, our final segment. And um, I think we have a surprise for everyone. Well, we, let's don't give it away today, no, though. let's not give it there away. It wouldn't be a surprise. It wouldn't be a surprise. No, it would not. So they are going to have to wait, uh, and that will be the seventh segment and yes. episode. Yes. So it promise, we promise you it's going to be a winner. It's going to be a winner. So once again, I'm Dr. Valerie Small. And I'm Bonnie Harrison, signing off. Thank Just you. Just for today. Just for today. Have a good night. Hi, this is Dr. Valerie Small, and this is the fourth podcast uh, that we are recording with licensed psychotherapist Bonnie Harrison, and today we have a guest speaker with us. Uh, He tunes in, he listens to not only the podcast, but he also watched the episodes that we're doing on marriage and the family. He is going to share with us his take on uh, the cracked door. Yeah, hi. Good evening, everyone. Um, I do believe that in relationships, especially when you're married and if you are cheating or on your spouse, I think you have no self-respect for yourself. Knowing that um, your spouse is working 12-hour shifts and knowing that they don't even know that um, you are out there doing something and, and dangling or going out there with other other people and actually having sexual affairs, um, I think you are cheating yourself out of, 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 of a marriage. It's important that we um, focus together on respecting ourselves into longevity as far as into the future and having self-respect for yourself and the dignity that and the integrity that you uphold as a person to know that freely you could go to bed with your spouse knowing that you're not doing anything out there as far as cheating with somebody else. It makes me feel good as a person and an individual and as a man 
to know that it makes me whole, that sex to me is not a big picture in my life. The intimacy means more than anything else. And to hold my marriage together, I feel fulfilled when my spouse comes home working 14 hours and I'm there knowing that I'm supporting our marriage and knowing that my conscience is free and I don't have to worry about going to bed knowing that he has to worry that I'm cheating or that person has to worry that, oh, what are they doing with their day, where they're at? I feel that spiritually anything could come back to you if you are dipping and dabbing here and there. I think that we need to really step back, look for counseling, speak to your psychotherapist, speak to your doctors. There's STDs and diseases. I am a 53-year-old man. I subconsciously cannot go to sleep when my spouse hold them intimately and say that I am 100% pure because if I'm cheating, I'm not 100% pure. Why do you think, though? Because that's a powerful, powerful revelation. And it also speaks to the way you value yourself, your spouse, and your relationship, because there are three components. We, uh, Dr. Small and I talked about the fact that there's the individual and the other individual, and then there's the relationship. They all have their own life. Why do you think, particularly from a man's perspective, why do you think men cheat? Why do you think they go through, they step through that cracked door and get involved in other relationships when there's so much to lose based on what you say. Mm, that that's a very good question you point out. I mean, um, they th men think we don't. We, me as a man, I don't think I could get caught. So if I keep it and keep it a secret to myself, one thing I wouldn't do is share my secret with my friends. I only would share it with my physician, my doctor, and my psychotherapist because that's confidentiality. Mm -hmm. So with that, I mean. I, sex is something that once you get relieved, think about it. I mean, it's only a, a, a few, what's left of it. Are you with that person for a long time? You're just getting a, a, a sexual pleasure for five or ten minutes or a half an hour and then you move on. You know what I'm saying? So so why would people risk the relationship just for that? Because they think they could get away with it. You know, the more it makes you feel good knowing that um, another person could probably... Um, give you that because you're missing it from your marriage. You're not getting it every single night. Most people say that sex is, uh, they need it 75% in their relationship. Okay. In my marriage, I think it's only 5%. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's not, to me, the intimacy and the longevity of us being together and growing old and building relationship and building those blocks to really, you know, Secure ourselves as elders means more than to me going out there cheating. Do you think this, this is amazing to hear you say this? And I'm wondering if you think that your position and the way you behave is sort of generic to the average man or woman. Because what you're saying it can apply to women as well. But I love that it's coming from a male perspective. And I'm wondering if you think men generally think the way you do. Some men do. I think, I think it, it takes age. I think once you get older and you realize that you have something good going, why waste it? You know, why throw it into the garbage and start with somebody else? Because you might not have what you had already before. If you want to start new with somebody that it was just a sex thing and you don't even know them. To me, I'd rather build on that person, on us intimate and making sure that intelligently 
we know that this is a commitment we both decided when we were younger to be together, Mm -hmm. not the sex. And that's a conversation that too many relationships, you know, homosexual, heterosexual, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. don't really have. They don't communicate and dialogue this. You know, once again, it's building your relationship long term. And actually, if you are having that problem sexually in the bed, then you must try different things for you to, you know, trigger it up or whatever it is you need to do with your relationship. Mm-hmm. I remember last week you talked about the grass looking greener That's on the right. other side, but she says sometimes it's astroturf. That's and it's astroturf. It is, still <laughs> wherever that, whatever that grass is, she says you still have to tend that long. That's exactly right. That is true. That is very true. I feel very confident mm-hmm. in my marriage to know that I have a clean conscience. Mm-hmm. My spirit is clean. I could go to bed clean. I don't have to worry about that sexual moment with anybody else only with my spouse and if we can't have it at that time then you know what we're going to live together for a very long time it will happen i think Mm -hmm. people put that focus on sex so much that i I think spiritually it's not about the sex it's more about the intimacy and Mm -hmm. holding each other and knowing that we love each other Mm -hmm. you know and it, it takes a long time and i'm going in my 10th year of my marriage mm-hmm. and I'm realizing how important it really is even though there are men and women okay. that have tried it to really have sex with me out of my marriage and I'm like mm-hmm. hmm that sounds good you look good but you know what I need to take a step back wow and realize what I have and the power that I have that's right okay that's right so so it's more so for you a commitment it's more of a commitment that is correct Okay, that might be the key. Because if people don't have a commitment, then there's not a lot of glue to hold you together. It's commitment and communication. You have to communicate it as well. Mm -hmm. And you have to show by your actions that you're there. Now, if I was the type of spouse that I was never home, Mm -hmm. then those triggers and red flag will go up. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? You know, and then they would not know. Now, my spouse knows that I'm with my friends. I, I have a, a, a group of a support group of friends that I'm there with all the time. Mm-hmm. I always answer my phones. I don't ever have to put my phone down to be like, oh, or say a little lie. Oh, I just had a flat tire, so that's why I didn't get home five mm-hmm. hours later. Okay. Those are little white lies I can make up, mm-hmm. but they will catch up with you. Wow. Yeah, wow. they do. And you, you know? seem, and you seem to be a very spiritual person because you said something in the beginning. You believe that things will catch up with you spiritually. Mm, yes, they do. Yes, they do. I truly believe that if you're doing something, you know, I always believe in people. Think about it. People that pass away, especially somebody close to you. Do you think they're looking at you? Do you think they're observing who you are? Do you think that they see what you're doing? Do you think that that person that just passed away cannot give any inclination to your spouse that you're cheating, there's one way that they could find out. I do believe in the dead. Mm-hmm. I do believe there's a way they could tap the spirit, into the yeah. living mm-hmm. and let you and give you clues and let you know and say, you know what, Bonnie? He's cheating. You might not know it. He's hiding it really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, and that scares me. So I try to I'm not perfect. I'm not saying that I'm 100% clean because I'm not. Okay. You know, I'm true to who I am as a person living as a man and a 53-year-old. Mm. 
And when you say not clean, I, I, what I'm hearing you say is that I have not always been in the space I'm in now. That is and correct. And there have been times in the past I might have or I have, but now my value system doesn't allow me to behave that way. You said it does. Absolutely correct. Wow. Thank you wow. so much. Nicole, Thank you so, so much. Excellent. Thank you. And you watch our show yes. and you find value in what we share. Oh, absolutely. I think Thank this needs to be so shared much. to our youth. I think even with our elders that are out there cheating and doing what they're doing. And, you know, then they come back and they get an STD and they're wondering well, how they got this. And they're like, I don't know. You know how you got this. You and just don't. Jump on you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They just don't want to talk about it because now they're nervous. You know, I can't risk what I have. So what I'm going to do is really live in speciality and really commit to myself that um, I'll live a clean and spiritual and knowing that I could communicate with my spouse and making sure that there's a long road that in front of us. Oh, wow. Do you think he would be willing to come back? I think he should come back because he has a lot of insight. He has a lot of integrity from a male perspective. And then he's very authentic. So I would welcome him back anytime, Bonnie. Well, you think you would anytime. Have time in your Absolutely. To Absolutely. Visit us again. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, it's been a pleasure really watching mm-hmm. your episodes. And this has been one that just listening to it, I think that you need more male and females okay. and younger generations to really come out and speak about how they value their sexuality and mm-hmm. how they really value themselves as far as respect, integrity. And, and speciality. I think it's very important. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. You're quite Thank welcome. Thank you so much. so much. Thank you. And we greatly appreciate you. The value. I got value out of what you shared. Oh, this thank you. I know the audience did. And, I hope and I so. I do this work all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's not common to mm-hmm. have a man That's who will right. come forth from an audience out there in, in digital land. That's right. Get in touch with us. Mm-hmm. And say, I have something to share with you about your podcast. I have something to share with you about your programming. Yes. I have something that I'd like to say. And then it's such a value. Thank you so much. Thank we you. greatly appreciate thank it. You. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. Until the next podcast, we will check in with you later. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. Is that okay? <laughs> I never want to play them together. Let's see. I hope we were close enough. Hi, I'm Dr. Valerie Small, and today I am so excited because I had the opportunity to sit down and speak with someone who has been married 35 plus years. Now, you know I'm doing my series on marriage and the family, and uh, to be precise, he's been married 37 years, so we're getting a male's perspective, ladies, a male's perspective on marriage. Uh, So... I think we're going to have a good time for the next couple of minutes. And um, I think my guests, not I think, I believe and know that my guests have a lot of wisdom that he's going to be offering during the next couple of minutes. So we want to get started. Um, What I want to know is, since this is marriage and a family, there's a couple of things I want to know. I want to know, uh, was he looking for a girlfriend or was he looking for a mate? Uh, that's one question. Was he looking for a girlfriend or was he looking for a mate or did it just happen that it was both? Number two, I also want him to share uh, what are what does he believe 
is the ingredients for a healthy marriage, okay? And number four, how do you deal with conflict in the marriage? And number five, because the next segment with Bonnie Harrison and myself, we're going to be talking about counseling, marriage counseling, and just individual counseling. And I want to hear from my guest if he thinks that's necessary. So let's get started. Uh, here we go. Thank you for joining me. All right. Um, I'm pretty excited to do this. I like running my mouth, so you all may be in a little trouble there. Um, however, um, those five questions are quite interesting. I do, okay, let's look at for the first one. When I was much younger, uh, <laughs> I, um, okay, I had a lot of girlfriends because I love women. Wow. I love all women. Fat, skinny, tall, short, doesn't matter. I love women. Okay. okay. Um, and I want to point out he's a good-looking man. He's a handsome man. Uh, well, we're going to talk about that a little later. I used to be handsome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. But anyway, um, so I grew up in Washington, D.C., and uh, in Washington, D.C., the ratio of men to women were like one to seven men, uh, women, seven, one guy. So it wasn't a problem in um, uh, starting relationships or having uh, um, uh, girlfriends. So I always had girlfriends, you know. So um, <clears throat> uh, then... Um, um, I did have, okay, so I love sharing this with you. I think I've shared this with other people, but I, uh, was a heartbreaker, tearjerker, and a lover, okay? Wow. But I had my heart broken too, and I can tell you the names of all of the young ladies who broke my heart as well. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a give and take kind of thing. Um, I do feel that. Um, uh, men and women, male and female. Uh, I guess you got to put those other ones in here too. Meaning the uh, <laughs> I can't remember. There's a new word for people who are uh, either bisexual or gay. I know GLBT, LGBTQ. Yeah, you know you have that, but it's another word they use. Too. Transgenders? No, not transgenders. It's another word that they use for people in that whole group. They just don't use the LGBTQ. Okay. It's another word. Maybe I'll be able to remember it. Um, however, uh, so, you know, at some points, I guess I was looking for a girlfriend and at other times, you know, I just wanted to have fun and, um, I like women. So therefore I'd ha like to have fun with women. I had buddies, of course, we had competition and how to, uh, what we call back in the day, pull, um, a chick you know, that's not a, a low negative um, connotation. It's just the way our slang went. Okay. So, um, um, I, sometimes I wanted a girlfriend, and then sometimes I just wanted a friend, and then sometimes I just wanted to make love. Mm. You know. Okay. I think maybe, I don't know if this is scientific. In fact, it isn't scientific, but I'm going to say it anyway. Because I'm a Libra, Libras are lovers, and that's male and female. But I don't like female Libras for some reason. <laughs> 
So, so let me ask you, so far you have three categories. You wanted to friend, you just mm-hmm. wanted to have fun, and then mm-hmm. sometimes you wanted to just make love. That's right. Okay. And did you have three different women for all three of these events? Now, this is kind of like a brag, braggadocious response, but I had a rotation. A rotation. Yes. Okay. So, um, when I lived in D.C., I, you know, I had a one that I would see one day, and then I'd go around the next day. Some people call it a male whore. A male whore. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't call it that. We're going to call it rotation. Yes. Okay. Right. So, you know, but up here, I'd have one in, in New Jersey. I'd have one in Brooklyn. I have a girlfriend in Manhattan, and I have one in the Bronx. And so it was a variety, and, and it was fun, and I loved it. <clears throat> and then, because I did this for a long time. Wow. Then all of a sudden, this beautiful woman came along and blew my mind and it stopped everything hmm. yeah <clears throat> so we were on a tennis court and I'm a tennis player okay and I, I, I run a few championships so anyway we were in a tennis court and she, the sun was shining down on her and it was like in August that's you know we got married in August no, it was May. So anyway. So this is the one. The one that blew your mind is the one that you married. Yeah. And the one that you've been mm-hmm. married to for 37 years. years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then later on, I want you to specifically well, tell us. Yeah, okay. You got that. Now. Okay. You're going to know the whole story. Okay. okay. <clears throat> but prior to that, uh huh. I have to say this, and this is for women. Women, all women should be educated. I think we should all go to school, go to college, if anything, just take the liberal arts curriculum. And then during that time, look for any kind of specialization as opposed to having your mind set when you first go in. I like this whole idea of being objective and and, uh, um, broad as opposed to going specifically. So um, once they do that, they're going to learn a lot. Because you'll be dealing with other people, male or female, it doesn't matter. But you will be able to uh, expand your mind or, or, or gain some knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing I think women should do. I think women should also find a hobby or a sport. You know, but I met my wife on the tennis court. Okay. All right? Okay. So did my buddy David. He met his wife on the tennis court. Okay. Everybody, so, you know, you could do golf, you could uh, jog, I guess, or one nice sport is cycling. Okay. I've met women in cycling, too, and these women are in good shape. You know you women don't do any exercise after 30, (laughs) and all of a sudden you just blow up, and my God, this Oh, it's a shame. But the ones, the older women who are in shape, they're either going to work out or they're going to do sports, uh, particularly cycling or or tennis. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, guys, a lot of women... Uh, on uh, the tennis court, too, by the way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So These anyway. are great tips that we're getting. Yeah, you should. Okay, so now, um, uh, I've had uh, all my girlfriends were educated. Okay. And um, I, that wasn't by design. It was by situation. Okay. So I want you to set yourself up for success. 
Okay. Once you set yourself up for success, what does that mean? Go to school, get into a college where you're going to have men. Not you got to check people out. I got a good suggestion for you guys. Um, but anyway, uh, that there. I don't know where it's going to fit in, but I'll just tell you what it is. You need to interview whoever you're going to start a relationship with. Now, you're saying men, but is that, could women that be too. women too? Okay, oh, of good. Of course. I'm saying this is general. Okay, good. This is general, especially for women. Okay. Especially for women because you have some knuckleheads out here. You have some men out here that are are really immature. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, lost, angry, and um, some are even emotionally disturbed. Mm, so, okay. you know, you got to be very careful. You got to interview that person. I have a son, 28 year old son. Before he even started his relationships, I guess he's doing several now, 28 years old, right? <laughs> um, I said, look, if you fall in love with a woman or you think that you like a woman, go home with that woman. Mm-hmm. And look at the way she relates to whoever her parental um, uh, significant other people are. You look for the mother and you watch how she interacts with the mother. Okay. If it's a negative or an argumentative kind of thing and not congenial, you got a problem. Okay. All right. Then you look for the father. Mm-hmm. You look around for the father. If the father isn't there, you're in trouble. The mm. male is in trouble because that young lady is pissed off. Mommy and daddy, and this is a fact, okay. mom and dad need to be together all the time. That's why you're probably looking for people who are 40 years or 35 years old or more. Mm-hmm. I'm 37 years into my relationship, my marriage. Now, sometimes I love her, sometimes I don't. I, I We'll talk about that later, though. Okay. But... <laughs> You need to go home with that person, male or female. Okay. Look to see what the relationship with that uh, person and their parent. Let's pick the mother, as I was just saying. You watch how that relationship goes. Mm -hmm. And uh, then you look for the father. Mm -hmm. If the father isn't there, there's a problem. Now, I'm going to tell you how to resolve this as well. However, um, looking for the father, if the father is there, uh-huh. you know, there are a lot of relationships where the, the mother and father or the husband and wife don't sleep in the same bed. Uh. They don't even sleep in the same room. Wow. Yes. I know this for a fact. Okay. I guess I better share with you what I do and what, what I, where I come from. Okay. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. Okay. I'm a family therapist. Yes. I, um, I'm also a psychoanalytic group psychotherapist. And um, I'm a veteran. I'm a disabled veteran. I've oh. traveled around the world quite a bit. And uh, I am now uh, going for my doctorate in social work. Wow. Okay? Congratulations. So I've been doing this. Thank you. I've been doing this for over 30 years. I've run into a lot of people. Uh-huh. Um, I worked for the VA, Veterans Administration, for over 25 years. Wow. Retired from there and have been working in a college in the counseling center for 10. Excellent. So, so I have run into a lot of people and they have taught me what I'm sharing with you.
Okay. All right, so moving right along on the interview of the person that you think that you're interested in, I guess I'll just put this caveat. You should be in that relationship for at least three years Okay. before you make a move. That's when things happen. I call it the magic three, and I use that across my whole lifespan and across everything that I inter, uh, interact with. The magic three. That's right. <clears throat> so what happens is, um, well, we can get into that later. If you want to know more about that, we can talk about it. Yes, that. we're going to have another podcast yeah. Yeah, second, yeah. segment. Okay. All right, so now, um, uh, so you, you go home with them, you look for the mom, you watch that relationship and that interaction and that dynamic, and then you look for the father, the father's in there, there's a problem because every woman wants to be daddy's little girl. That might be another research project for you to do to find out if that's a fact, but I know it is. Okay. Okay? So because daddy isn't there or wasn't there, uh-huh. that young lady is very pissed off. She's unhappy. Uh-huh. All right. So that's one thing you have to do. Now, you can work with this, but you have to be very careful about it because she's angry. Now, um, the other thing is... Um, so you look for the father, and you watch that interaction. If the father's in there, then there's a problem. And so um, you would need to um, uh, probably, and this is bottom line, I guess I'm going to steal the title of this whole thing, which you were talking about whether or not they need counseling. Yes. I think everybody needs counseling. I don't care who you are. Okay. That's part of the interviewing process. Uh, for somebody who you're seeking for therapy, that person in therapy has to be educated. Mm. That master's degree or better, nothing less than, has to be a master's degree in your field. Then you have to have a training institute ex- uh, um, experience where you should be in an institute for about two years okay. if you're going to do this kind of work. Okay. Okay. And then, because there's some institutes that are bogus, but there are some good institutes as well, you know, and uh, you can um, uh, investigate or research or explore those. Thirdly, you have to have somebody who's supervising you, mentor or whatever, therapist, but somebody that is supervising, watching you to see what you're doing so you won't mess up. Okay. Or if you do mess up, you can get it straight. You can talk about your difficulties, things okay. get in the way, what are you doing, and the purpose for it, all that kind of stuff, okay? Okay. That's your supervisor. And then lastly, but most importantly, the person who's helping you must be in treatment themselves. Excellent. All right. So that, wow. you got that one. All right, so now that's you can use that. That's kind of pervasive. You can use that in uh, a general approach to uh, meeting people as well. You interview that person. Yes. Because you're going to find out that you, you ever heard of DV? DV. No. Mm-hmm. What's DV? Domestic violence. Domestic violence. It is rampant. It is crazy. And I feel that it's because of the male, the father. And I have, um, my doctoral thesis is on fatherhood, how fathers can become fathers and also teach their sons how to be gentlemen. Wow. That's my thesis. Now, now, you're saying a whole lot. and <laughs> Didn't I? Yes, you did. You said a whole lot. And um, 
we're going to have to, you know, this podcast I'm going to bring to a close, but with the next podcast, uh, we're going to have time to get delve even quicker or not quicker, but even uh, more deeper into some of the dynamics of everything that you have said, because mm -hmm. these are very important and uh, critical aspects of the relationship that can make or break the relationship. And um, I think that I want to conclude this segment right here and bring everyone back for the next segment that we're going to have. But I want to c conclude this segment, and I want to uh, conclude it with probably a final note leading into what the segment is going to be about on counseling. As you heard, um, our guest speaker, our expert, talked about the necessity of having counseling and, number two, doing an interview of the person, the prospective person, whether it's the man or the woman. You need to go home. You need to check them out. You need to meet their parents. I know this may sound old school, but for him to be saying this, there must be mean that there is some uh, weight to this. And it's very important that this uh, transpires. So I'm just going to have, uh, I would like for you to say one final note before we, as we conclude this what is it that you want to leave leave us with with everything that you have just said mm -hmm. so far what would be that you want our listeners to be left with mm -hmm. the statement that i i have that is burning in my gut is that you need to look at yourself examine yourself and to come to the table if you will to the relationship knowing who you are and center yourself or be centered. And the only way that I know how to do that is through psychotherapy. Wow. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Dr. Valerie Small, and thank you for listening to this podcast and tuning in. And remember, you can watch my segments and my episodes, Marriage and the Family, on Facebook, via YouTube, and in addition to that, make sure you are listening to my podcast every Saturday, okay? And I want to thank you once again for listening and tuning in. And until the next episode, I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Hi, I'm Dr. Valerie Small. And again, I want to thank you for tuning into my podcast. And I want to say that I am back today again with my special guest, and his name is The Gentleman. And he's been with me for uh, the last podcast, and he's been sharing tips not only for women, but today he's going to give us tips for men in regards to finding the right mate for yourself. And in addition to that, uh, as you know, I'm doing the series on marriage and the family, building healthy and lasting relationships. And I think the gentleman has been giving us some wise advice. So we're going to get started right now. And I want to welcome the gentleman once again. Thank you for joining the podcast and being with me. Mm -hmm. So today you said you promised me that you were going to give uh, tips to men uh, for finding what you believe is uh, the right mate or compatible match. 
or however you want to term it. So what is your, what are the tips that you have and what is your perspective to the men out there? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I guess um, as I think about what the question is asking, uh, what strikes me most is are men really men? Or are men really gentlemen, if you will? Um, and that means that you have to have some kind of respect for yourself and then respect for the woman, for all women. Because uh, we have been educated, indoctrinated, and taught that women are less than, that women are mostly objects. But you don't remember one thing. Your mama is a woman. And you have to look at that. If you treat everybody like your mother, I like then that. you might have a different aspect or a different opinion about an attitude about how you treat women. Okay? I like that. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, uh, in working, I can tell you one thing. This may not be. Uh, what you expect, but I have to tell you a story. Okay. About one of the women that I fell in love with. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I I don't know really where to start, but I'll just pick a place. I'm going to start with Lenore. Okay. Lenore and I broke up, and my heart was broken. Uh, I'm not sure if it's because she rejected me or because I loved her and, and whatever. But, you know, um, she wasn't the most beautiful woman in the world, but she was all right, you know? Okay. I wouldn't, we have a saying, I think you all may, I don't know if you can identify with this now, but you wouldn't kick out of bed, okay? Okay. <laughs> wow. Double apologies, but, you wow. know, it's wow. very, um, I know that's negative, but I, I have, Healed since then, okay? Okay. <laughs> so yes. I, I apologize for that statement. Um, but so anyway, we broke up. And then my heart, I, I was longing for a relationship, maybe the relationship with her. But Quack, that was my buddy, he said, Eric, you look so sad. Uh, what's wrong? I said, well, we broke up. He said, well, okay, I tell you what. I'm going to take you down to Howard University. They're having a party there, and I want you to meet somebody that I know. I said, okay. So we went down to this party, and uh, it was at night. It was in the quad, if you know anything about Howard University, and it was the uh, uh, the girls' dorm. So it was on the first floor. <clears throat> he, Quack, introduced me to this beautiful woman. I didn't know who he was going to invite me, um, introduce me to, but when I saw her and looked at her, I said, oh my God, you are beautiful, you know? And so, me being that Libra <laughs> okay. uh, thing, I fell in love right away. Mm-hmm. And then I said, well, how can I make sure that I continue this relationship? I said, hmm, oh, I know. I'll ask her what religion she is. Mm-hmm. And I had a good feeling that she was uh, Catholic. Okay. So I said, uh, what religion are you? She said, Catholic. Uh-huh. Okay. I said, would you like to go to church with me in the morning? Because wow. Because it was on a Saturday. Wow. Now, let me ask you something. You were looking for a point of entry. Mm-hmm. Okay. There yeah. we go. Yeah, okay. Go I said, how was I going to pull 
this young lady, you know? Okay. So, um, but she, uh, she even till today, and we're still friends today, she is uh, one dynamic, and I have to tell this to you. Uh, see, there is something called a, a gut feeling, mm-hmm. and I want you men to go with your gut. Women too, but we're talking about men tips. So men you have tips to go, today. yeah, go with your gut. What's going on in your gut? You will never go wrong. So anyway, um, back to this young lady. The light was shining on her, hitting her. She had a caramel color. Her hair was kind of uh, not. It wasn't. It, it was okay. You know, nice, nice hair. And what I would like to run my fingers through. That's the best way I can explain it. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, so then I asked her, um, what was her religion? She said Catholic. And I said, would you like to, because it was Saturday night. Uh-huh. That's what, so it was situational, right? So I said, uh, okay, so would you like to go to church with me in the morning? She said, yes. Okay, so she's a little religious young lady. And that's another thing that you want to get with the, the women who are tip. Your woman should be religious. If wow. If she's religious, then you are really okay. Yeah. Or, or, or have a relationship with the higher being God. Yeah, spirituality. Okay. Spirituality. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Be spiritual. They have to be spiritual. Okay. And you got to be careful with some of those spiritual ones because they, they're okay too. But you have some that are from like uh, Panama or um, Haiti uh-huh. or New Orleans <laughs> or... Puerto Rico. Yeah, watch out for the spirituality now, okay? Okay. All right. Okay. And some of you all know what I'm talking about. Do you who don't know what I'm talking about? You better find out. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. But anyway, so uh, she then called her mother almost immediately. Mommy, I met somebody and they want me to go to church with them. So I got in. Uh. Pop didn't like me, though. I guess um, well, there's some other reasons why he didn't like me, but that's okay. Um, but so then we had that relationship which which lasted about well, actually it's still a, a platonic relationship, mm-hmm. but it has lasted since about 1965. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. About 1965. Yeah. So 53 so, years. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We, we're still buddies too. Okay. Um. Uh, so anyway, um, one of the situations with this woman, this is how come you, you know, you have a good woman, mm-hmm. um, about three years into our relationship, she said, we have to break up. She called me by my name and said, we have to break up. Okay. I said, oh, why? She said, because you keep saying that you want to go to college and you haven't made a move. My man is going to do what he says he's going to do. And you have not done what you say you're going to do. So we have to break up. Wow and wow. Mm-hmm. I'm going for my doctorate degree right now. Okay. <laughs> okay. But then at that time, in that mm-hmm. space for mm-hmm. three years, yes. look at how she was attentive. The magic years. The three magic years. Three Remember we talked about initially? That's three right. Years. Three years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Three years process. Everything works out in three years. Okay. But anyway, mm-hmm. so um, uh, just a point of information since we talked about that three years very quickly. When you're working on a job, you really get to know that job in three years if you've been working on that. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just automatically comes. You have to have that particular amount of time to learn your craft. Okay. okay? All right. So anyway, um, we can have a conversation about the numbers, too, just plain old numbers in terms of life. That's what I want to talk about. Okay, so that's later. Um, But anyway, so I ran around to all my friends and uh, asked them, um, do they know how I could... I told them about how Valerie, (laughs) my girlfriend, wanted to break up with me, right? Yes. Okay, anyway. um, uh, They said, we didn't know you wanted to go to college. So everybody just like in the community got together and took took me up to college. I went into college, something that I couldn't get into for years. I was trying so hard to pass the entrance exam. And these people said, oh, we know how to get you into college. Took me up to this college, had me sign in. I was a veteran, so they gave me some preferences. And I got right into college. And this is so important, ladies. Um, Every time I passed a test, got a good mark, like an A or whatever, or finished a semester, She'd write me a card saying, congratulations, I'm so proud of you. Wow. That's a heck of a woman. Now, why is that important for women to know that? I know you're talking to men, but why is that important for women to know? Because that allows you to communicate um, and encourage and support Mm -hmm. the man. Okay. You know, that's a motivating factor. Okay. That is something that men aren't even used to. Okay. Being awarded and recognize. Okay. You know, like Father's Day, and one of my analysts told me, Father's Day is a thankless day for men because yes. they don't even recognize men half the time. Right. So, anyway, so um, moving right along. Okay. Um, what is another tip? Let's get mm-hmm, to it because mm-hmm. we're, you said you were going to give the men some tips. So mm-hmm. far, you're doing well. Give mm-hmm. us, because we're about to close this segment mm-hmm. with for the men. What is a, What is one Additional well, important well, tip well, that you would well, give. No, there's a couple of more. There's a couple of more, but <laughs> yeah. for now. Okay, so let's see. Um, another tip would be um, uh, treat all women. I don't care what they are. Treat them like a queen. Respect the woman. Open the door for her. Make sure that she's all right. Put a coat on. Uh, let her know that chivalry is not dead. And you, you you have that woman feel good about herself, and therefore, that rubs back off on you. Mm. So, you know, that, that's very important. Um, uh, there, there's some other meaningful um, things as well. Um, pay for the date, please. You won't do no um, uh, Dutch gone Dutch. You know, that's, that's, that's not being a gentleman. Okay. You know? Um, you can, um, uh, in a relationship, I, I have this, this three, uh, number rule again. Okay. We're going to, we're going, let's, let's this is close the it out one. with this the three the number rule. This I is like the three, this. The three number rule the again. The three number rule. Yeah. Okay. Is, um, uh, when you think that you're going to have a relationship or start a relationship with the woman, don't go to bed right away. Wait three months. Okay. They may think that you're gay or whatever, but you know, you know you're not. So you know, wait three months, and you'll be sure that that's what you want to do. Okay. All right. So uh, there's one other about sex. Okay. Um, before you have a sexual relationship, 
you both should go to the help station and get checked out together. Okay. Period. Wow. So that was only two, I think. I think you only gave us two. What was the third? The um, third, the three, you said the first okay. third was don't have sex for three months. The mm-hmm. second third was uh, both of you go to the health station and get mm-hmm. checked out mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. you have sex. Mm-hmm. Is there a third third um, that you would give the three, yeah, okay. the three um, rules? Um, that uh, um, you'll be surprised at, uh, there's a song out a long time ago. Uh, it comes out that it's not going to come out right, but uh, don't pick up a pretty woman to be your wife or pick an ugly woman to be your wife because she will love you for the rest of your life. <laughs> wow. So, so what you're saying is looks don't matter. Looks don't matter. Okay. Well, wait, 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 wait. Oh. Let's, let's get this straight now. Okay. Looks are not supposed to matter. Okay. But it'd be very nice if you could roll over in the bed in the morning and look at a beautiful woman. Okay. Okay. So you got a problem there. You got to work that out. We have to work that out. Okay. So you heard it. You heard it from the gentleman. <laughs> gentlemen. Men, you have tips from the gentleman on looking for... A compatible mate, mm-hmm. wife, okay? And um, I hope this information will definitely help you and assist you in all of your decision-making, your decisions that you make regarding finding a mate. And I'm going to close this segment right now. And until, again, the next segment, I'm Dr. Valerie Small with a little bit of small advice, mm-hmm. making things happen. Have a great day.